Welcome to News Fix, where we spend hours going through the news so you don't have to. A virtual summit between Biden and Putin, a damning account of the UK's response to the fall of Kabul, a fascinating argument for sovereign immunity, and an unexpected pardon in Myanmar. It's Tuesday, December 7th. Here's your News Fix. Myanmar's Aung San Suu Kyi had her jail sentence commuted to two years just a day after being sentenced to four. Two years for incitement and two for breaching pandemic restrictions. Her supporters have always argued the charges are illegitimate. The military leader announced the pardon and Aung San Suu Kyi will serve the two years under house arrest. Now a damning account by a former British diplomat turned whistleblower documents the chaotic reaction of the Foreign Office to the Taliban's return to power in Afghanistan in August. Rafael Marshall said then Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab was too slow to act. He also said the government's dysfunctional handling of the situation was compounded by confusion over emails and a culture of working an eight-hour shift five days a week, no matter the urgency. Marshall went on to say he estimates around 5% of those who sought help in evacuating the country actually received assistance, adding some of those people have since been murdered by the Taliban. Remember that Dominic Raab was moved from Foreign Secretary to Justice Secretary on September 15th, exactly a month after the fall of Kabul. Now in our pin drop this morning, we're looking at what's going on in Ukraine. A video summit is planned today between US President Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin as tensions escalate over the perceived Russian threat to Ukraine. In terms of what's going on, the US believes Russia may be preparing to invade Ukraine, and possibly as soon as next month. Russian troops are gathering along the border, totaling somewhere between 90,000 and close to 100,000 military personnel, conducting training drills nearby. The US shared intelligence with Western allies to convince them of the threat. A coordinated response of sanctions and countermeasures is being prepared to deter Moscow, the specifics of which are still under discussion. Russia, of course, is denying any intention of invading. In terms of why this might be happening, a former Soviet Republic, Russia has much in common with Ukraine, and the two countries share a border. However, since Ukraine became independent in 1991, it has often sought closer ties with Western powers. Putin is keen to prevent Western influence there, particularly in the form of NATO and the European Union. Analysts have described the current situation as a, quote, geopolitical flashpoint, and part of a renewed rivalry between Western powers and Russia. In the newsletter, we've included a quote from the Council on Foreign Relations, saying, quote, Russia has deep cultural, economic, and political bonds with Ukraine. And in many ways, Ukraine is central to Russia's identity and vision for itself in the world. Remember that in 2014, Russia covertly invaded and annexed Crimea, part of southern Ukraine. To date, more than 14,000 people have died in that conflict. And on all of this, it's also worth noting that while there are mounting concerns, it is not clear what Putin's plans actually are. As CNN noted, this quote could be a way for Russia to leverage concessions from the West. But nonetheless, we'll keep a very close eye on this story for any significant developments. Moving now to an argument for sovereign immunity. Lawyers for the former King of Spain, Juan Carlos, who abdicated in 2014, are seeking immunity over a UK High Court case taken by a former mistress. A woman called Karina alleges Juan Carlos, who was king at the time, used Spain's spy agency in a campaign of harassment and intimidation against her. In one instance documented in The Guardian, Karina claims a book about the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, was left on her coffee table following a break-in. Karina's legal team alleged Juan Carlos wanted gifts, including art and £65 million in cash, returned to him. In terms of what his legal team are saying, the report is a little bit confusing. 
While his legal team appeared to strongly deny the accusations, they also say if he did do it, he had the right to as monarch. In one quote included in the article, his legal team are saying, such alleged conduct, even if abusive or unlawful, would have been in his majesty's official capacity. It's a story we're definitely going to keep an eye on as the court hearing continues, but for anyone who wants to know more about Juan Carlos, we've published a recent piece and we've included a link to it in the newsletter, Juan Carlos, a King in Exile. Now some quick pandemic updates from today. Anyone in Italy who is not vaccinated cannot go to theatres, live music venues, sports events or even the cinema. New York City's mayor, Bill de Blasio, announced a vaccine mandate for the private sector, which is to be implemented from December 27th. And in the UK, as the Times wrote, Omicron cases in the UK double every three days, with epidemiologists warning it could become the dominant strain within weeks rather than months. In Twitter trends this morning, the UK Education Secretary's tweet was widely circulated yesterday after he called out the Telegraph newspaper for wrongly putting a photo of him in a post about Health Secretary Sajid Javid. Just last month, a Conservative MP received backlash and reportedly lost his role with the charity for mixing up the two ministers. And lastly, today marks 80 years since Japan's surprise attack on Pearl Harbor, a US Navy base in Hawaii. In total, more than 2,300 military personnel were killed and the event precipitated the entry of the US into World War II. That's today's fix. Have a great day.